0: And it was getting way too big, way too fast. And Colin was like, you either need to, he goes, I think you should hang out a shingle. And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't want to do that. I would much rather go in. I like the collaborative part of law. Mm -hmm. And I was looking to expand on my skills and abilities. And so I was like, I want to join a firm, an existing firm. And so that's what I did. I applied to Hauser in 2019. And when I sent that email in, I didn't even send a cover letter. I was so convinced that I was woefully unqualified for this job that I was like, well, we'll see. He called me 30 minutes later and said, I'd like to bring you in for an
1: interview. Hell yeah. Yeah,
0: and so I was like, okay. And then by my second interview, he said, I want you to pick an office space. You pick where you want in Colleyville. You already have the client base and you'll be mm-hmm. close to your family because he's he's a family man too. And he understands that work-life balance is huge. And so he said, I want you near your family. I want you near your kids. And I want you to be near your client base because you will be
1: successful in that way. What the All right. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, I am Dr. James Taylor, as always. Another episode of Fueled by Spite, and as usual, like, share, follow. Uh, Today, we have Candace Sander for Esquire. Do you still, do you, have you ever used Esquire? No. (laughs) Did Tamika tell you of of James Taylor, Sir James Taylor Esquire? Does that, does that moniker mean anything to you?
0: Well, like the singer?
1: Uh, close, Uh, the (laughs) podcast host in front of you slash chiropractor extraordinaire, um, real estate mogul to be
0: Uh, a devilishly
1: handsome, tall, dark stranger, Right, if you will.
0: Right, 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 (laughs) right, right. No, I don't know many attorneys who actually use Esquire anymore, unless they're like joking.
1: Fair. You know,
0: I mean, you could put it behind your name so people know that you have I guess a a law degree, Uh but there's, it's one of these things where you have a JD or you are a licensed attorney. So there's you, you, what's the difference between a lawyer and an attorney? Colloquially a lawyer has a law degree an attorney has a license to practice.
1: Can you have one without the other? Can you have a license
0: to practice? But not without a law degree, but you can have a law degree and not practice. So most people will put comma JD after their name, if they're working in banking or real estate or whatever. So people know that, Hey, I have a law degree or I went to law school. I'm not currently practicing because in some cases you can't ethically practice uh-huh. and provide advice, some conflicts and blah, blah, blah. Um,
1: so I'm you can have one with that. Step right yeah. over that whole ethics and lawyers joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's way too easy. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. Right. We're it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there is, there is kind of a difference. I don't know if that's the real actual truth, truth, but that we always joke that lawyers can be attorneys, um, and attorneys can be lawyers. But lawyers, if they're not practicing, can't call themselves attorneys.
1: As is, I was not aware of that. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you, you're well aware that uh, Tamika and I have two very good friends who are attorneys. Yeah. Um. One of them had a previous episode. Uh, there's a lot of talk in it about pig semen. It's <laughs> it's deli- It's Minnesota law, so it's you know whatever Fantastic. goes on with there. Fantastic. <laughs> um, <so, laughs> hey,
0: maybe that's different in Minnesota. That's right. I
1: don't know, it's, I don't it's know. the uh, the jurisdiction on pig semen is. <laughs> far reaching right. and uh, very great. Um, so it. you can go back. Uh, listeners, go back, check that out. Michael Schatz, Esquire. Um, I love it. Right, I'm gonna so, Check it out. Real quick, real quick, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Give me your origin story. Why are you sitting in front of me right now?
0: My origin story? Uh, okay, so let's see. Well, I'm sitting in front of you right now because we're friends and uh, met your amazing Old wife. Clean. Hey, hey. <laughs> she's confident. She's confident. Yeah, I uh, yeah, met your wife gosh, I guess it's four years ago now in the chamber. And it was the first meeting we had ever met. I say that with all
1: the love in the world. It's only been four years that we've known each other? Only been four years. I know.
0: Feels like four minutes underwater, (laughs) right? (laughs) 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 So yeah, we, um, we went to a networking event together and we had, I think, seen each other at one other event. We left that networking event with them asking us to co-chair it together. And that was that. Oh, so, damn. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did. We said, yeah. I said, I'll do it if Tamika does it. She said, I'll do it if Candace does it. And then that was it. We ran was that. that wow? Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Through the pandemic, got that, got our ladies through, which was great. And then now, of course, you know, one of my best friends ever and mother, and all that good stuff <laughs> for me. Um, I went to law school straight out of college. Uh-huh. I don't recommend that. Um, I wish I had been, I was, well, I was so young and stupid. You know i mean i was 21 and so i was a baby going into law school i was straight from my dad's house to a, you know a little apartment in washington dc living alone thinking i was in my own episode of the west wing like i was gonna absolutely <laughs> take over the world and i loved my law school experience and i have friendships from there that are going to be for my lifetime but i wish i had had some real world experience i would i would recommend anyone who's thinking of it to become a paralegal first or go into business or banking or something and then go get your law degree In my opinion Mm -hmm. so um i think i would be a better lawyer if i had some more real world experience because i went straight from law school into a clerkship which is a pretty traditional track if you're up in dc because there's so many law students and so many lawyers um and then from there i worked for the office of the attorney general for the district of columbia oh damn and so i was a special education litigator i was in in practice, I was in trial every day, but it was called administrative hearings, not really okay. trial. But you sit in front of a judge and all this kind of stuff.
1: Is special education the kind of special education I'm thinking of? or?
0: Yeah, most okay. likely. So it's under the American with Disabilities Act yep. okay. and the IDEA. And basically Washington, D.C. public schools, which is who I represented Um, as a baby lawyer, let me just be quite clear. (laughs) And we were absolutely hazed. I was given schools in the far Southeast quadrant schools that did not have heating or air conditioning. And I was the only white woman for miles. So it was a really interesting, well, first of all, I'll tell you everyone at DC public schools treated me with respect and kindness. Uh I never felt scared in those schools, which was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed working with everyone there, but it was a huge culture shock for obviously me
1: coming from from Texas.
0: Yeah, I came from Texas. So you
1: went from DFW to DC. Mm -hmm. Okay. Went to law
0: school in Washington. Yeah. Clerked outside of Washington in a federal uh, felony court and then went from that to DCPS. So it was wild. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of cut my teeth in litigation and dealing with very, very difficult situations with these kids. You know, it's never clear cut. Mm -hmm. Um, But also the DC school system for a long time had been unable to provide what's called a free appropriate public education. So we call it a FAPE. Um, And that's what I did is I represented the school in a lot of those hearings and a lot of settlement agreements, Mm -hmm. but also in a lot of dismissals because just like-
1: Dismissals of cases or dismissals of students?
0: Dismissal of cases. So there were these attorneys that in practice would wait out the juvenile court outside of the DC superior court, wait for a kid to come out with a family member because they're being sentenced or they're on you know, a violation of something they did because they're not in school. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're out committing crimes or maybe it's even a truancy case, um, which is a crime. And uh, (laughs) they would say, Hey, is your kid defiant? Does your kid have problems reading? Does your kid have, have has your kid been held back? And they would school, they would sue the school district. I know it was a very weird twisted system. Um, And so a lot of those cases for a long time had just sort of let people have let them continue to go because DC did not have enough attorneys to handle the backlog. So I was brought in with a team of 10 just other Just because lawyers.
1: of the type of case?
0: Yep. Yep. And that kind of a case, what you're trying to prove a kid is actually eligible can be a 10 minute hearing because of just the procedural rules. They just don't follow the procedural rules. Yeah. So I had my very first case ever, I was dismissed. Like. I argued for dismissal and got it, which was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my boss was like, "Can nobody wins their first case. I was like, well, I <laughs> so like did.
1: So I get are literally hearings that kind of fit the the whole uh, stereotype of this could have been an email.
0: Basically, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I did 100 cases in my first year. It was crazy, and all of the lawyers did. It wasn't just me. Real we quick were, math:
1: that's one every three point six five days, mm-hmm. estimated.
0: And some of my hearings were four days, and some of my hearings were fifteen minutes. It was just wild,
1: man. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, so, but, did you run out of DC? Did you get awesome. homesick? Did you get chased out of DC?
0: That was a good question. So, so we, you know what kind of
1: questions we ask here on Field we, by Spice?
0: started having babies, <laughs> um, and I. So our kids are 15 months apart, which was not planned. And I mean, I always, I say this to everyone, we were preventing actively, so I thought. Um, but that was not the Lord's plan. So I have these babies <laughs> that are 15 months apart and I have very few friends up in DC. I mean, I did join a mom's group. At that point, I had decided I was not gonna go back to high pace litigation. One, purely for the um, babysitting cost. I mean, huh, okay. the daycare center that was in the floor of our building, was going to be $36,000 a year, which is like college tuition for the Damn. two kids to attend. And what is the point of working at that point? I mean, I made more than that, obviously, but obviously. it was not worth it. You know, I don't know. Whatever. I'm like, I'm not taking these. <laughs> 36
1: grand a year for mm-hmm. daycare.
0: Mm-hmm. For two oh. kids, it was insane. Um, and with my schedule, I mean, getting in at that, I truly was at that time getting in the office at 630 in the morning and leaving at eight o'clock at night. So mm-hmm. it wasn't one that was conducive. I would never see my kids. Yeah. And Colin was super supportive and said, why don't you just not work for a while? You can get a job whenever, which, you know, at the time I was like, sure I can. And then we had. <laughs> what year
1: is this? What are we talking about?
0: 2009 Carson was born. I officially left DCPS in 2010. So okay. I did my maternity leave. I finished up a couple things, sent them to my boss and said, thanks. I can't come back. And she was like, that's fine. And I, at this point, I am very pregnant with my second. So okay. it's like I've got this baby and I'm I'm having another baby. Um, and so I, I told Colin, I said, we need to go back to Texas. I mm-hmm. can't, I can't do this alone anymore. Um, cause he's traveled our entire marriage. So he is most of the time, not at home for a couple days a week. That's, that was my normal. It's always been my normal. Um, in fact, if he's home too much, it's kind of weird, you know, we have a whole jive, you know, that yeah. we do. Um, so it was important for me that I had family close by. And so we moved back to Texas. I mean, we, I picked up and left and he took a job actually at a significant pay cut to get us here. Mm -hmm. And so times were not easy. We were two babies. We were renting. We couldn't sell our house in DC because this was 2011 and the market had crashed. Yep, Um, And took everything with it. Oh God. And we bought in
1: 2007. (laughs)
0: So at the highest possible rate, at the highest possible like price, Um, Do you remember what
1: the rate was just for for reference? our
0: mortgage, it was 7.25%. Oh, okay. Which is better than what some other people were getting. Uh And then our, we actually, the bank didn't approve us for a short sale. And so we owed $70,000 at closing. Mm -hmm. And so having to take a personal loan from your dad Mm. at, you know, 27 with two kids is not the coolest moment in your life. It's fair. um, Especially because in your parents' mind, you're choosing not to work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it was like, wow, I mean, you talk so if about you're undergrad humbling... in law school and you're like, eh, I'm, uh-huh. like I'm and a humbling, choice. humbling yep. moment. But I will say one of the things that I have always thought has absolutely saved us is the fact that Colin and I, and I know he's divisive now, but Colin, and I did follow Dave Ramsey and I paid off law school 18 months after I, that's it. cool. And my, I did not have any tuition assistance in law school. So, um, we got married. I was in law school. Colin quickly adjusted my spending habits because he was like, This is on loan. What are you doing? You know, and then we were able to because he had a really successful sales year. And then we put 100% of my salary towards loan pay down because yep. we were two income household. We lived really frugally, beans mm-hmm. and rice, rice and beans. Uh, we paid off $125,000 in 18 months.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So I think. Even though I was back with no job and, and all that, and we owed all this money at close, my dad, I, my dad, I remember telling me, you've demonstrated to me you can be financially responsible. Yeah. So, but yeah, personal loan from dad, no fun.
1: Yeah, no fun. Fair enough.
0: But we were able to pay him off and we were able to save a down payment. And so we bought in Colleyville in 2013, 2013. We cool. moved to our house now. Yeah. So, Just for crazy. all
1: intents and purposes, we got here the same time.
0: Yeah, I think so, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys, because you guys came down from Minnesota. With Minnesota, there it is. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Correct that way, north, (laughs) Canada adjacent.
0: I love it. Canada adjacent. I love it. Yeah, that's That's cool. So I came down here. here.
1: You're working again. When did that start?
0: Okay, so we moved to Collieville, and I don't remember if it was around the time that Colin was in a car accident. Colin was rear-ended once in Pennsylvania. So he was a road warrior in sales on on the road. like okay. Fully like in his Probably company be a road car. warrior off the road, but. Well, he could be an air warrior, right? So now he flies <laughs> all the time. And back then he used to drive all the time. And um, I remember thinking, and this is ironic in what I'm doing now. If he dies, I have no means of like caring for these kids. Uh-huh. You know, I have no way to have a job because I was not licensed in Texas. I had taken the Maryland bar exam. And I would have had to practice for five years to wave in and take what's called the baby bar Mm -hmm. uh, here. And I did not practice that long. So, I mean, I was like, crap, I gotta take this bar exam. So I did Uh right before we moved here and I passed and um, got my Texas license on the off chance that I might use it. And then I started really sort of getting involved in judicial political races. So I helped local um, attorneys Mm -hmm. run for judge. Oh, Because I've always liked politics. I don't like it anymore, but at the time I was really into it. I hear it.
1: politics will make you do that. Yeah. You, not like it.
0: <laughs> you get real burnout. Uh-huh. Um, and so I got to meet a ton of people, you know, who were practicing lawyers in that process. And one of the attorneys I met was an estate planner and guardianship and probate attorney who is still absolutely one of my mentors. And name mm-hmm. is Catherine Goodman. She's based out of Fort Worth. And I started to basically teach myself through CLE, buy all the basics. Like you have these will building blocks, books and stuff like that. And I would practice on my friends. So, oh my gosh, second honeymoon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're, five, we're leaving the kids for the first time. We need a will. Okay. And then I'd be like, you understand that I'm new at this. Uh-huh. So I mean, I charged $200. Like it was nothing. It was basically to cover me buying printer paper and my, you know, <laughs> malpractice insurance, yeah. right? Per will. And I think my first year I was, I was in the black, but I think I made $17 because I was just literally practicing, practicing, you know, and I continue to practice, everyone does. But um, from there, it sort of built on itself. Like, you know, I was doing more CLEs, I was learning more about the practice, Mm -hmm. I was getting different clients, but very soon by 20, I would say that started in 2015, right after Audrey was born. By 2019, I was ready one, to take the practice out of my living room because (laughs) it was getting a little bit, it wasn't just friends from church, friends from school, friends from preschool, friends from the gym. It was friends of friends of friends from church. So now we've got strangers.
1: You started doing good and people started telling their friends about you. Uh, God damn
0: it. 100% private referral. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. And it was getting way too big, way too fast. And Colin was like, you either need to, he goes, I think you should hang out a shingle. And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't wanna do that. I would much rather go in I like the collaborative part of law Mm -hmm. and I was looking to expand on my skills and abilities. And so I was like, I want to join a firm, an existing firm. And so that's what I did. I applied to Hauser in 2019. And when I sent that (laughs) email in, I didn't even send a cover letter. I was so convinced that I was woefully unqualified for this job that I was like, well, we'll see. He called me 30 minutes later and said, I'd like to bring you in for
1: an interview. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And then by my second interview, he said, I want you to pick an office space. You pick where you want in Colleyville. You already have the client base and you'll be mm-hmm. close to your family because he's he's a family man too. And he understands that work-life balance is huge. And so he said, I want you near your family. I want you near your kids. And I want you to be near your client base because you will be successful in that way. Yeah. So by the end of 2020, we'd moved out of that office space into a bigger office space already in Southlake. And we have been there now since 2021. We, we survived a freeze in a water leak explosion. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know, we all oh, get Oh, you got had
1: on too? Oh, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, up four and a half, you know.
1: Yep. It was there. So, it
0: was awful. <laughs>
1: Watch episode one through five of Fueled by Spite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So, we uh, got through the floods. We've done all, we've had some significant changes in the firm, but all have been positive. And so, I will have been with the firm, I guess, next year for five years. So, it's wild how fast cool. it is.
1: Cool. Yeah. Well, th- we, we talked about this a little bit beforehand um, and you kind of touched on a couple of examples, but I was wondering if you could tell me about a time basically between you know law school and now mm-hmm. where you were in a, a situation of somebody's like, I bet you can't or I bet you won't. Or like before the camera I hit record, uh, you're a pretty little blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't have trust or faith in you.
0: All right. Um, so what is interesting is how, what has typically been seen for me to be a negative so mm-hmm. when i was brand new in the practice of law you know we would joke that people would think i was i was either the paralegal the court reporter or a secretary or i was someone's <laughs> intern right? right because i do have a young face or whatever and imagine at 22 it was like who let this high school learn here you know what i mean is she here <laughs> visiting yeah. washington I was like no it's my job <laughs> um yeah it was it was interesting so that However, now, in my area of practice, because I deal with people who are planning for their asset protection during their lives and their eventual deaths. I, I always laugh when a client comes in and says, well, if I die, and I'm like, mm, nah. it's going to be a when. Yeah. I have to start talking about when, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow, but there's no if. Mm. Um,
1: I'm not there, certain about a lot of things. <laughs> I'm pretty two things sure I got
0: this <laughs> In my area of practice, estate, wills, probates, most people sort of envision the old white guy with gray hair mm-hmm. in a pinstripe suit being, you know, reading the will. And and the truth is- Or it's
1: south of Mason Dixon in a white suit. That's General right. Sanders absolutely.
0: F. With a <laughs> uh, bow tie. Yep. Um, that is changing. And so a lot of women are engaged in what is estate planning and probate now. And I do get- you're young you'll probably outlive me so i'll hire you to be my lawyer (laughs) so what was once a negative has now spun into a real positive thing and i joke about it but i can't tell you probably 30 40 percent of the clients i get make some comment of I want you around to help my wife when i pass i want you around because i think you can help my kids because uh-huh. the idea is that i have a longevity of practice i have a longevity of career that is ahead of I me i can't
1: argue with any of that that right? makes a lot of sense like, right
0: so that was a negative that has turned into a positive for when me when did you
1: graduate high school 2000. okay so i needed somebody else to draw drop my papers again because we might die at the same time <laughs> <laughs> We might
0: you talk yourself out of the crime. Uh, I mean, I don't know. So. This, uh,
1: this podcast is not yet sponsored by Hell's Law Firm, but we'll. <laughs> I love
0: it. Yeah, so it's one of that's one thing, and then secondarily, too, I think for me, I think sometimes people will have a view of you. Everyone carries inherent biases, and everybody carries inherent biases against other people. That's just mm-hmm. how humans are, right? Um, some people would argue we're that way because it was critical to survival. You know, it's a uh, protective. Thing that we do. Sometimes it just is because people suck. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, when I walk into the room, sometimes I can tell who I think is going to take me seriously uh-huh. and who will not. And I'm involved in a lot of leadership. I'm on, I sit on a lot of boards of directors and things like that for nonprofits. So yeah. really I love serving in the nonprofit space. But typically, as soon as I start to contribute and really do my best to donate my time and my talent. And also treasure obviously but um to the organization i get very very little pushback but oh. it is always interesting to see the people at any given cocktail party happy yeah. hour or whatever
1: i mean going off of that too then i it would stand to reason prior to developing that skill of being able to read the room and going like okay you're all oh, i'm gonna have to work on that fucker. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. Tell me about a time and, I mean, heck, it might just be the move. I don't mean to put a a story in your mouth, but when you had to either find a way or make a way.
0: If we had to think about it, if you had to sit there and basically say, on paper, that move was the dumbest thing we've ever done. (laughs) Right? I mean, (laughs) we took two babies. We moved across the country. We listed a house at the exactly wrong time. We sold it at the wrong time. Our real estate agent too. I should have sued him, but whatever. Um, We had, I had no job. I had no license to practice colin took a pay cut i mean there were more reasons to just stay where we were Mm -hmm. than not but still moving to texas was the most important thing that we knew we needed for our marriage Mm -hmm. and for our family and that trumps everything because we had to be in a situation where we felt like we would be supported by family, and you have to remember too, at this point in DC, um, we're paying four seventy nine a gallon for gas, we're paying seven eight dollars for a gallon of milk, and on one, in- one income. Uh-huh. So it's it was just that was the biggest leap, and I remember too, <laughs> you know, we soft landed at my parents' house that was supposed to be six weeks because we thought we were about to have a contract on our house after we sold it. Real estate agents got into a pissing match. Contract fell apart, buyer lost financing. We sat on the market for months after that.
1: <laughs> we were supposed to
0: close in July. We didn't close until December of that year. Ah. So much money. So what was supposed to be six to eight weeks of us just waiting to land at my parents' house turned into living with them until November, which was not great. And um,
1: asking dad for a loan.
0: At the end. Oh, no, that would come later. That was oh. like the other, yeah, you know, <laughs> to give us the closing, yeah. Hi, we can finally sell this house, but will you please you know loan me seventy some odd grand? Um it was not insignificant. So it was what a nasty
1: insignificant was a lot
0: about it um, yeah, and so that was one of those things where it was like, God, and I can't tell you how many times should we just rent the house out in Maryland? Um, we were sixteen miles north of washington d c due north on Georgia Avenue in a little town called Olney, okay which now that house would be worth tons and tons of money because they finally finished what's called the intercounty connector. So it takes significantly less time to get to the city. When I drove down Georgia, it would take me an hour to get to the city. Now it takes about 25 minutes.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, again, all the wrong times to sell. Yeah. Here we are. Um, and it's so different when we go up there now. I get to go back to DC for a board that I sit on once a year mm-hmm. and I love it. And I haven't been back to Olney, but it's, one of my favorite towns ever it was the leave it to beaver neighborhood okay you know i mean kids on their bikes tons of kids in the neighborhood there were seven little boys on our street we had two boys the amount of clothing that would just show up on my doorstep (laughs) for people (laughs) who were like oh you have babies you know and meals and the whole thing so i may i i don't want to say we weren't supported in maryland because i did have really wonderful friends but i it was a flight for my mom to get there it was a flight for my mother-in-law to get there um and my second pregnancy with Logan had some complications and so it was expensive to ask parents to come yeah. up like that you know and help me because I was only I'm you know, five feet tall and I've got a big old baby holding a whole baby tall. yeah <laughs> I didn't grow at all so it was a lot that was definitely something that you had to you just had to do it you had to plow through it even in spite of all the negatives or whatever and just know that you were
1: going to come out on the other side but how did how did you do it? with more than just like, like, I know this is going to be fine. Cause it, mm-hmm. something tells me like at the time in the midst of it, it
0: you're hot. not like,
1: I know it's going to be fine. I'm just going to keep going.
0: Oh, was, I mean, I can't tell you that was also 2011 was the summer, um, where we had like 69 days of 110 or a hundred degree temperatures. So it was super hot. And hmm. so we had two little kids. And I remember we were trying to look at houses and Logan, I'd pull him out of the bucket seat and he'd be soaking with sweat. <sighs> You know, because it was so, and we would have to get all appointments done for the day by 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Ten fifteen a.m. It's already 103 degrees outside. So you're also experiencing cabin fever at your parents' house with your own children. <laughs> huh. So we would take a cocktail out at 11.45 at night because that was when it dipped under 100 uh-huh. to sit on the back porch to have a moment alone and literally talk to each other and say, what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my dad turned to Colin and said, "I just don't think you have a plan." And it took everything against him to say, "Well, we don't, serve, <laughs> You know, <like. laughs> so I think what happened well, was, "We don't, sir," right? You know, we had a sort of put up, our, put up our shut up moment where it was like, "We need to move out. Yeah. We need to figure out a way to be in our own home." And so we rented in Valley Ranch, right behind the old Cowboys practice facility, and oh. the Cowboys were still practicing there. It was yeah. on the White Lane. I remember. You know, it was great for toddler Carson because the actual the Cowboys cheerleaders would practice on the field and you'd hear their music and he'd go running out and like, <laughs> yeah, it was like boys like girls really young. Yeah. Um, and so he would watch him through the little fence because all the fences have just uh, gates. There's no like privacy fences out yeah. there. And um, but moving out, forcing the issue and spending more money than we probably wanted to got I'm us, to a, a yeah, it, got us <laughs> to a place. Yeah, unfortunately got us to a place where um, we were able to get the independence we really needed and the Mm -hmm. separation we really needed. And through sheer luck, I mean, or uh, honestly, I think also God's provision, I had an investment. I had put at my dad's um, recommendation some money into a hospital in Chicago and the hospital sold. So we got enough money from the sale of that hospital to pay off my dad
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and to put a down payment on a home in Colleyville.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That was it. That's how it went. Yeah. And it
0: was a really so like, amazing hospital. It,
1: like life kind of sucked up there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it came down here and it kind of sucked a little more. Yeah. And then at six months turned in, or six weeks turned in a few months. So then it sucked a little more. And then I need 70 grand. So it sucked a little more. Uh-huh. And then literally, you guys, like, you and Colin, like, You know what we got? Let's just make this suck a little bit more. Right. You know what? It's, it's really crappy right now. Right. Let's just make it a little bit crappier.
0: Yeah. And you could, we could not have done it without the support of my parents. Like people joke all the time about how this generation is still living at home. Well, I mean, I'm an, I'm a zennial, I guess I'm on the cusp of, um, X and millennial. I always
1: make that differentiation too. Just want people to know I'm
0: 82. (laughs) Um, and I could not have done any of this without my parents support Mm -hmm. like and it was always a situation where you'll pay us back and blah 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 but there's just no way it could have been done because i needed a place we needed a place to live we needed a place you know having that loan to help us close because otherwise I, i the bank would have foreclosed it just would have been really bad and so um I don't ever discount the support that we had from my parents to get us through because it was, yeah, it was pushing through and all of that, but we had the ability to push through because of
1: them. And that's just the truth. Cool. Thanks, but, Dad. Yeah, right. Appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Dad.
0: Love you. and <laughs> <Hey>, Mom. <laughs> so,
1: oh, yeah. She was there too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw a couple of just rapid fire questions at you. Yep. Okay. I didn't give you these beforehand. Uh, give me a person you trace places with for a day. Reese Witherspoon. Really? Fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love her. I think she's a badass boss. I think she's a phenomenal um, businesswoman. I think she's a great actress. I think she's got to do things that I've always wanted to do. <laughs> like, you know, in my, in my dream world, I would love to have played Legally Blonde uh-huh. or um, June Cash or whatever. I love to oh, sing. Yeah. And so I sang with the Women's Chorus of Dallas for a couple of years. And it's like my, my favorite little secret fun thing that I do. I love busting out karaoke, karaoke on people and they're like, what? <laughs> um, well, that
1: might lead into this next one. No, what's, your, what's your guilty pleasure?
0: Well, probably karaoke, I would say that. <laughs> That's a good one. My my nerdiest guilty pleasure is having a gin and tonic and doing a Monday through Tuesday crossword puzzle from the New York Times will shorts editions because Mondays and Tuesdays aren't so hard that I get frustrated and want to throw it against the wall. <laughs> but I feel like I can knock out one of those in about 10 minutes.
1: Fair. Awesome. <laughs> uh, worst advice you've ever gotten? Oh,
0: um, don't ever invest in real estate.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was even told with everything that a lot. You went through. I bet you were. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And I, I even now, and I have an, I have an investment in Colorado that I'm probably going to have to make a move. I don't want to make in the next year on it. I would still invest in real estate. The amount of equity that builds in real estate is really hard to pass up. But mm. my parents were of the generation of the 80s, savings and loan crisis. They lived in California. They sold their oh. house in California to get. To Arlington, Texas, which is where I moved in the fourth grade. And Mm -hmm. I remember my dad always telling me, I made a dollar. I made a dollar. And so he never, it was not his thing. You do not invest in real estate. Hmm. And it's like,
1: man,
0: that's not how I'm gonna do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's something you wish you were better at?
0: I wish I was real estate investing. (laughs) Better. (laughs) Right, right. Maybe it doesn't run in one thing for me. Um, (laughs) I wish I was better adequately assessing risk and not putting myself down and stopping myself from opportunities because I'm too scared because I do think I think everything is way too risky and I wish that I was a little more brave.
1: That I think that answer in and of itself kind of just created a a freaking loop in my head. Like, I wish I was better at adequately. I wish I was better at being average.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I'm so.
1: And also, I wish I wouldn't put myself down. (laughs) Right.
0: Correct. (laughs) I just think that I struggle as an attorney because we are so intense about weighing two sides of a situation and thinking of all potential problems that I am not necessarily personally a good solution person. Now, I think my husband would absolutely sit here and be like, "What the?" Are you talking about Candace? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm the more risk tolerant of, in mm-hmm. our relationship, you know? Um, but he's taking a risk right now with his business. And I'm really proud of him. I never thought that that would actually happen and we would see the day. So I thought going to
1: say in marriage. But <laughs> 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 we are. That's, that's all right.
0: That's right. Uh, but we're growing. Like it is, it's interesting to see. I think there is something about 40 and 40 was such a transformational year for both of us in so many negative ways that now we're kind of recovering from that year. And ready to say, no, this is the next decade of our lives. And this is going to be a good decade, no matter how it started.
1: Best compliment you ever received.
0: And I was brand new, brand new out of um, law school. I went to a training for DCPS for litigators. And it was basically an all day. This is how you actually act in a courtroom. Because they don't teach you that in law school. I did moot court, but it's where it's kind of the same. Um, I was on the travel team. So I went all over the nation Mm -hmm. for the moot court team. So you had a chance to, they gave you a fact pattern, they gave you information and you had to cross examine a witness based on that information. And it was basically a role play thing. Okay. I went up, I crossed the hell out of this woman. There's no other way to put it. And I sat down and he, one of the judges said, it is so nice to finally hear from someone who clearly has at least a decade of experience. And I had had zero years of experience. I had been a licensed attorney for
1: six weeks. That's awesome. So
0: I was, that was the coolest. I remember sitting down and be like,
1: um give me an idea that you think most people get wrong
0: the idea this is gonna it's gonna go back to work it's gonna be boring the idea that everything will be handled when i die it's just not It's, (laughs) it's just not and even if you know even the best plans can sometimes go a little haywire because people are involved and people make things difficult many times we can do stuff that plans are set in motion and things just go absolutely cut and dry. And that is the best, that mm-hmm. is the best possible situation. But if you already know that you have a, like a little bit of a contentious family situation, I'm always shocked at the amount of people who think, well, we are we'll, we're married. Everything goes to her. It doesn't matter that my ex-wife with whom I have six kids is still around. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, no. My wife is just... watching
1: this. No, I don't know what you mean.
0: <laughs> but like, <laughs> Right. Correct. Yeah. I just like, it's astounding to me how people have such a blind spot towards that, you know? Um, And I think it's because nobody likes to talk about death or think about it. And so they don't want to, they just don't want to. And I can't tell you how many people who've come in, had a consultation with me and ultimately said, yeah, I'll let them figure it out. It's like,
1: wow. Last one. What's one question you wish I would have asked you? Do you know what show I've
0: been watching that's really funny? I do not. Okay. It's called, it's Barefoot Contessa. Love her. Okay. Um, and it's called Be My Guest. And so she does five rapid fire questions oh. at the end of it. And the last one is from James Lipton. And it says, If there is a heaven, what do you want God to say to you when you arrive? And I love that question.
1: Cool. Cause Answer I think it. you get,
0: I, good job. Yeah. That's it. I just want to hear good job.
1: Yeah. I was thinking, saying like, you did all right. You did all right, kid. Right? Yeah, like, right.
0: Like you messed up a lot because we all do, yep. but on the balance, we're letting you in.
1: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think that's a cool question. I think that's a really neat question. It I is. Get, you get to a I lot of like people that. that way. I'm going to
1: add that to the list here.
0: There you go. Anything that's else awesome.
1: you're watching, reading, or listening to that you think people should partake?
0: Um, I think everyone should do crossword puzzles because they're good for your brain. <laughs> um, And if you're interested in those, there's also a new, have you heard of this? Probably not. In The New York Times is called Connections. It's also a word play game. It's okay. like Wordle, but it is 16 words that you have to, group together based on how they are similar. So it is the coolest game and some days are horrifically hard and mm-hmm. some days are horrifically easy. Like it's just, it is so try it out,
1: Connections New York Times. So does. for our younger listeners, uh, the New York Times is a newspaper. <laughs> um, do you, is it like, do you play like on a physical paper?
0: No, so, it's a, it's online. Remember how everybody was playing Wordle? Uh-huh. It's the same deal well, like
1: if, i don't feel like you're doing the crossword online too or like so on
0: paper because i'm an old woman i buy the, I I like, buy the books
1: I, I remember my dad doing the crossword puzzle like then you said crossword and i smelt coffee and cigarettes like it like <laughs> like it's yeah it's not and it wasn't like a COVID nose thing it was a uh, just
0: just right back yep. to it i love it and that, it's funny it stock
1: rapids minnesota and dad's sitting there and his knees pounding and just
0: my dad just, did the crossword all the yeah. time too yeah yeah which is funny because i didn't even really draw that until now but we i started doing those i was doing them in law school as a stress relief i really like wordplay i would do crossword puzzles with the judge i i clerked with i mean i just take crossword puzzles wherever i go
1: i thought you're gonna say very seriously and i feel like <laughs> be great also.
0: uh
1: last week where can people find you
0: oh i if am. they plan
1: on dying if
0: if they plan, they plan on dying, on dying. <laughs> you're interested in discussing that possibility with me uh you can find me at hauser firm so it's <laughs> hauserfirm.com Everybody misspells it and put and puts house firm. So let me remind you of that R. It's a critical R. <laughs> H-O-U-S-E-R-F-I-R-M as in Mary.com.
1: That's me. <laughs> that is awesome. Candace. I, I appreciate the time today. This was awesome. Uh, as always, like I said, everybody, like, share, subscribe. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this but out there it seems like people really only got two options either they're idiots or they're just uninformed <laughs> so at least now people can say they're not uninformed that's right so we i love removed it an option well
0: thanks for having me no this is great this is fun awesome. time.
1: you guys again you'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design right here <laughs> field by spite candace sandifer how's your law firm appreciate you guys